It was blistering hot at the weekend and that can only mean one thing. It's leaving search season. About 60,000 students will sit the exams this year, kicking off with English Paper 1 this morning. The advice that I got from so many people was that even throughout the rest of your life, you'll never feel stressed like you're leaving cert. There'll be stressful moments, but it will never be as much of a big, huge moment. For many students, just like Katie, who sat the leaving cert last year, this huge moment marks the beginning of a gruelling points race and a scramble for university places made all the more challenging by grade inflation in recent years. They have every reason to be delighted. It really looks like a bit of a bumper year for grades. Uh, We know that grades were up across the board on average by 2.6 percentage points. But with lots of other options now available for students, why is there still so much emphasis on the exams and the CAO? There is a kind of an exceptionalism attached to the Leaving Cert. You know, it is uh, seen as this passport to prosperity, you know, and passports to future career success for parents and for children. In this episode, I'll talk to Irish Times education editor Carl O'Brien about the alternative routes that some students are taking into third level and where the pressure to perform is coming from in the first place. The obsession with university gets to the point where, where young people who do not flourish in a university environment are going there because there's a combination of parental expectations, peer expectations, school expectations. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, the Leaving Cert, why one size doesn't fit all. My name is Katie Mellett and I done my Leaving Cert in 2022. And did you feel the pressure? And where was the pressure coming from? Oh, big time. Definitely. For me, to be honest, it largely came from myself. I had very big expectations. Um, I was very lucky that my parents didn't put any pressure on me. It was always a case of just do your best and see how you get on. Um, They were always very supportive of what I wanted to do and all of that. So I never felt it from anyone else other than myself. School put pressure to an extent, but there was never big pressure. It was just, again, do your best and see how you get on. Um, And do you feel that your school made you aware of all the options, that, you know, there were many, many routes into very many jobs? Did they make you aware that there were apprenticeships? Did they make you aware of all the different college options? Did they make you aware? Um, Not really, to be honest. Um, Apprenticeships was never something that was discussed. And PLCs, I don't really remember being discussed. Um, for us, our careers classes were, we started out in sixth year and we started with UCAS applications. What's that? That's the UK? That's applying to the north in the UK. Um, that was the first thing everyone in the room had to apply to UCAS, unless you really, really didn't want to. But most of us all done it. I done it kind of as a backup option in case um, applying to the south didn't work. Um and then it just moved on to CAO applications and that was really it. So a massive assumption that you were all going to go to college, you were all just jumping into that points race. Yeah, definitely. And were you aware of the amount of points you needed? Was that a real focus for you? It was. Um, I was quite lucky that I believed that the points for my course was something that was in my reach. Um, I had friends who were applying for courses that they didn't think they were. Um, but even though... 
I thought my points were achievable to get, I still wouldn't have been happy in myself if I got that. Um, and that was something that I put in my own head that I had to come out with a certain number. I got my course and I was happy with my points. Um, but you definitely, everyone was very aware, aware of that point race, as you say. Um, the North is quite a different system and I think it works quite well. It's grades, it's nothing to do with points. Whereas out here it is points, points, points. Um, even as soon as you got your leave insert results, the first question was, oh, how many points did you get? It is, it's a huge thing. Carl, as the Irish Times Education Editor, can you tell me why, when there are so many other options, so many routes into so many jobs, is the leaving cert a national obsession? That's a very good question. Like, uh, we are obsessed by it. There is no doubt about it. Uh, there is a kind of an exceptionalism attached to the leaving cert. You know, it is uh, seen as this passport to prosperity, you know, and passports to future career success for parents and for children and for schools and for the media in general. And I think we have this sense where we are very unusual in European terms that we have elevated this exam and the point system uh, on such a pedestal. And uh, when the OECD came to Ireland a few years ago and looked at our system, you know, it was very impressed, but it said, you know, the one big criticism was that you know, the Leaving Cert is basically a filter for access to third level education. So that's really what the exam is, has turned into. And then the points race has added this kind of quite brutal, almost sadistic kind of a level of of, of pain for, for students who can perform really, really well and then amazingly are not guaranteed a place at the end of that because you're in this competitive cycle with other students. So, and I think if you go back far enough, you know, maybe this goes back to, you know, post-famine times where education was the key to prosperity. And we've always placed a big emphasis on that. And that was seen in rural Ireland and in urban areas as well. And maybe the roots go back as far as that. But we are certainly unusual, certainly in European terms, in, in, in the level to which we almost fetishise the, the Leaving Cert itself. So the pressure, uh, you say, comes from nearly equally from all sides on students. Is that it? Do you... Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few unusual things about the Leaving Cert. You know, one is that it is a marathon, a gruelling marathon of an exam. You know, you're going to spend about six or seven hours just doing the English papers. Um, so it's a marathon in that sense. But then you also have, as I said, the CEO point system, which is particularly cruel. And we've had cases in the last couple of years where you can get maximum points, straight A's, and still not get your chosen course. So what kind of a system do we have, you know, that does that? You know, you have to question that. So I think all of these things contribute to, to the to pressure. pressure. But also is there's the sense, particularly I think among parents, particularly that they see that the Leaving Cert is the key to realising your ambitions. And I think parents also wrap up their own self-worth in that too. And they, they say, you know, I will have succeeded as a parent, if my child goes to Trinity or UCD or UCC and gets 500 points, you know, my job is done, mm. if you like, you know. And I think there is a lot of ignorance when it comes to all the other options are there and what the outcomes are across those options. 
I mean, I was looking at uh, figures for progression to third level education in the state and, and, and the most recent figure I came across was for 2020. Now, maybe the, there's uh, there's more recent, but the data showed that 58% of 25 to 35 year olds in the state had a third level qualification compared with an EU average of 41%. So, you know, like, is that snobbery? Do you think? Or uh, do you refer back? Are, you know, you put it in a historical context there. Is it like, what? why do we prize it so much when we know it's not the be all and end all? And specifically as well, when we know the dropout rates in first year in university are staggering. I think part of it is partly to do with our economy, you know, and we never had, you know, the industrial revolution that a lot of countries had. So we didn't really, but put a big status on vocational options. Where you look in Germany, there's huge status uh, attached to vocational options. And I think in Germany, you basically have maybe half of kids go to university, half go to vocational options. The proportion going to vocational options in Germany is multiples of what it is in Ireland. But that is valued. It is seen that uh, there is status attached to At that. society level. I think in Ireland, if you go to further education, and there are exceptions, you're seen almost as you didn't do well enough to go to university. And that's the problem, if you like, you know. And uh, and the irony is, you're right, you know, I think that for many people, the obsession with university gets to the point where, where young people who do not flourish in a university environment are going there because there's a combination of parental expectations, peer expectations, school expectations that are driving that. And um, I think, for example, guidance counsellors aren't always, I think, fully aware of the full suite of options. Schools themselves aren't, you know, the media also has a role here as well, you know, in the, the feeder school or the, the school league tables. Yeah, because the league tables don't say, you know, these kids progressed to really good trades, really didn't progress to very many other qualifications. They, they only progressed to third level colleges. They don't, yeah, they don't show that. And, and there's a, the reason for that is that that information isn't accessible. And mm. let's say in the Irish Times, we do produce these feeder school league tables. We always, year after year, ask uh, the education authorities for the number of children who are school leavers who go to further education and the answer comes back is we don't have the data. So mm. you know, we would publish it. But notwithstanding that, the media also has a role here and is answerable uh, to part of this kind of exceptionalism when it mm. comes to, to leaving cert. But I think, you know, in terms of culturally... I can also understand, some people say there's an element of snobbery, but I think you can understand it within the economy that we have, why university is so highly prized and further education isn't. I think there are cultural and economic uh, reasons for that. And we are different to a lot of European countries in that sense. But certainly you're battling huge, I think, uh, cultural obstacles and mindsets when it comes to changing the views about the broad range of options that are out there. I'll continue my conversation with Carl after this short break. Now, last Saturday, you were asked to write something for the weekend edition on the Leaving Cert. And, you know, you did something different because instead of looking at the exam, you interviewed young people, all very ambitious, all very focused, who had made the deliberate decision not to let the Leaving Cert to find them and to figure out a different way. Can you tell me uh, about some of them? 
Yeah, so some of these students have come from a range of backgrounds. Some were homeschooled, some were in school and just found that they weren't uh, really engaged by you know, traditional academic routes of success. But they all viewed their um, career prospects in a broader fashion and looked at further education and training and apprenticeships as the route to fulfilling their career ambitions. And I think what parents aren't often aware of and students is that, you know, this system operates separately to the CEO point system. And so you can go to further education, you can get courses in everything from STEM, science, arts, humanities, practical So when areas. you say further education, you don't mean colleges. You mean the post-leaving cert system, those, those colleges. Yeah. You don't mean, mean sort of what we think of as third-level colleges, if you like. These are this middle section, if you like. Exactly. So these post-leaving cert courses, in many cases, you just need to have completed your leaving cert to qualify for them. And in some cases, you don't even need to have completed your leaving cert. They will admit you on the basis of an interview and a CV, which shows that you are interested and engaged in that area. But access to that sector uh, relieves students of all of that pressure around high performance in the leaving cert and the points race. But then the beauty of it is increasingly the further education can be a destination in itself, but it can also be a route into a degree course. So you, in any given year, you have thousands of students who complete their post-leaving cert course and then go straight into a university course, often in year two of it, because you can count your credits uh, that you've accumulated. So you have students finding themselves in high points courses who may not have performed well in the leaving cert at all. And this is a route that is not very well known about. And it's kind of extraordinary. And I said the numbers that pursue this are relatively small, particularly in, in, in European terms. After years of deliberation, today, finally, a plan for reform of senior cycle education. At its core, a move away from the current approach, using mostly written exams to assess knowledge acquired, to one that measures skills too, through other forms of assessment. So every year there's talk of leaving cert reform. And I suppose, you know, that's an acknowledgement that maybe a single terminal exam is a one size that doesn't fit all approach and that the pressure is too much, that learning to the exam, you know, it isn't really an education. And so how is reform going? Yeah, well, I suppose one thing is the leaving cert has changed. I think a lot of us as, you know, adults or or if we're a middle age, we'll look back and we'll assume the Leaving Cert is the same as it was in our day. It has changed, to be fair, quite a lot. There's much more continual assessment taking place. There are more modules in the majority of subjects now. So you can go and undertake your Leaving Cert and you might have accumulated up to 40% of your marks already. So that has been a positive. However, it is still structurally something where an awful lot depends on how you perform on the day. And there are some subjects where you have no project work that's taken into account at all. So, for example, English, it is all how you perform on the day. Um, Minister for Education Norma Foley announced in March of last year a series of ambitious plans to reform the sector. And, and she wanted um, all students to be able to accumulate at least 40% before they even sat in the exam hall. And this would be project work that would be assessed by uh, their teachers. She also wanted to have uh, a movement of papers into fifth year. So your English paper one and your Irish paper one will be undertaken 
at the end of fifth year. So you'd have some of your exams already in the bag by the time you even go into sixth year. Unfortunately for Norma Foley, uh, that first element of the reform, the the easy win, as was described by officials, um, has been paused or effectively scrapped, really. And that was moving the English and Irish paper ones back into fifth year. Why? Well, it met with universal resistance from teachers' unions and from students themselves. And there was a sense that had this been fully thought through, uh, was it fair to just take an element of um, what's due to be assessed uh, at the end of sixth year when you're mature, such as writing an essay, and to plonk that back into fifth year without a wider reform of the actual curriculum itself? So it just didn't have the support. But what it did show was that Tinkering with this really high stakes exam, uh, which we're all a bit obsessed by, is really, really tricky, you know, and it just served to show really how how, uh, exceptional we we, we treat the Leaving Cert, which is ironic, really, when you think that we cancelled the Leaving Cert for a few years. We predicted grades. The world did not cave in. The sky didn't fall in, no. And, uh, and, And it worked reasonably successfully, but we seem to have now moved on to just resetting back to normal for now. And there are going to be a series of pitched fights ahead in reforming, in fulfilling the minister's reforms, such as having teacher assessment for a lot of the Leaving Cert. Uh, that will be fiercely contested by the teacher Because the teachers don't want to do that. And I think the reality is that if you have a child in primary school now, um, they will be lucky to see uh, the fruits of these reforms. Mm-hmm. It will take that long to deliver them, you know. Right. But the ambition really was to have a much more broad-based assessment, less focus on how you perform on the day and taking into account things like oral skills and performance and, and all of that. But uh, that will be a, a, a tough road, certainly for the minister and the, her successors as well. Now, without adding more pressure to the, the students uh, starting off today, there's been considerable talk about grade inflation. And, you know, that has to be causing anxiety among some students uh, today and over the next few weeks. What's happening there? Yeah, so we had a few years where the grades have pushed up higher and higher, and that was really due to COVID. That was uh, teacher-assessed grades resulted in teachers being more generous and the students' points and grades going higher, which then contributed to the CEO points rising as well. So, um that has happened. The, the, the real casualties of that were really the students who were in prior years, so pre-COVID times, where they had a much lower level of grades. And uh, and every, in any given year, you have thousands of prior year students competing with the current year students. They defer going to college. They defer going mm. or they take a gap year mm. or, or they Maybe come back as, the as mature yeah. students, yeah. a whole variety of mm. reasons. So they've been at a real disadvantage. Um, there has been this focus and rea- uh, realisation that we do need to get the grade profile back down to something approaching normality. So what is happening is the grades are on what's described as a glide path where over a number of years, possibly four or five, we'll see the grades slowly uh, sinking down back to back to a normal distribution. So the idea is that there isn't one big cliff edge where the current year students are disadvantaged compared to the prior year students. So, so that's what the aim is. So what we will see, I think, in... Uh, Uh, late August when the results come out is that uh, the results will be a little bit lower in the round than they were in the last couple of years. And that shouldn't really impact students too much. It's not something, I think, to to get concerned about. Carl, do you still have Leaving Cert Anxiety dreams? 
it comes back um, the first Wednesday <laughs> of June. You know, I'm there uh, frantically looking through my notes and then I open the notes and they're all blank, no. you know, and you've forgotten everything. And <laughs> we're all scarred by it, aren't we? You know. <laughs> well, look, thanks for coming in, Carl. Thanks very much. Thank you. That's it for today. You can keep up to date with all the latest on the Leaving Cert from Carl O'Brien on irishtimes.com. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.